chillin', this is chillin', what more can I say, top villain. What up everybody, this your boy Bill Bellamy and you are watching and listening Top Billing, the number one podcast for the culture, the movement and the discussion. Today I have a treat for you. I got one of the most incredible comedian, writer, producer, sketch, comic. He can Exit do nine. I exit nine. Jersey. And, and a Jersey native. Clock you chicken rockers. Hey, Downtown New Brunswick. Come on, man. Stop playing. This brother yeah. right here. Yes. Give it. Give us some more. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Jersey's yeah. finest. Harry Spears. Let me tell you why this, this interview means so much to me. I was just coming up in the game, getting on, coming up. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking 91, 92, uh, Peppermint Lounge, roughly. Triveca Indigo Blues. Come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm coming up in the game, right? And uh, for the Jersey people that's listening and watching. Club 88. Club 88, Terminal D. Shout out to Bob Sumner. Shout out to Bob. Bob, 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 Bob. We, um, <laughs> we had a young kid. Um, and actually, was it's only two young comedians that I met who were teenagers when they started, uh, Ari Spears and Dave Chappelle. And I will never forget this because I couldn't understand why you was in the club. I didn't know you at the time, right? And you didn't. You looked out of place. I was like, man, somebody, somebody child in here, man. <laughs> who child? And you were standing back with a comedian stand. Yeah. So, uh, and you said, hey, Mr. Bellamy. Yeah. You say, hey, Mr. Bellamy, uh, uh, I'm Aries. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going on tonight. And I was like, how you get in here? <laughs> you know, I'm with my mom. My mom got me and everything. And one thing I remember vividly about you, you were very confident and very charismatic. So I was like, damn, nigga, how you know you want to be a goddamn comedian at 16? That's eighth grade, right? That's yeah. eighth, ninth grade. Yeah. How did you know you want to be a comic so early? Listen, man, born in 75, 80s baby, coming up watching <laughs> Eddie Murphy the King on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to be famous, but I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I tried boxing, but I realized I like food and I'm not disciplined. Right. Uh, and I, I, my mother's Mississippi, father, Tennessee. Salt and grease was relevant. Right. Uh, I thought I was going to be a rapper, <laughs> but I don't have the skills like that. Right. Uh, but comedy was always something that kind of came natural to me, doing impressions. And then I did my, my homework, man, and I found out Eddie Murphy started at 14. Mm -hmm. He's an he's a April 3rd Aries baby like me, yeah. April 3rd. Um, from New York. So I just took all of that as motivation. And that went, I could do it. I could do this. You and know? bro, I'm telling you, and I'm very, it's probably very few guys could really, really talk from this angle, this lens that I had because I saw you and it was so funny. Like I saw you as I was climbing. Like I was literally about to get MTV or maybe I was right at MTV level of fame and moving forward and I'm seeing my little youngin coming through. From New Brunswick, New Jersey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I got, you know, I went to Rutgers, so I, I yeah. so I was familiar where you were from me, and everything. Let me let me, let me tell everybody. Here's what he was, <laughs> was crazy, and this is what was a little intimidating about Bill. Why? What, what Bill, happened? you was known as like the Denzel of comedy because <laughs> when I tell you, he never touched the stage without a fly suit. Mm -hmm. The perm was <laughs> on point, and I had the super S curl. Man, the women came out yeah. in droves. Yeah, I had and I had actually <laughs> heard about you 
almost like on some Bigfoot legend shit before I saw you. And no everybody's doubt. like, man, if you come down to the Peppermint on Thursday nights, it's basically Bill Bellamy night. You know, <laughs> the women, the, it's crazy. And, oh, and you know, shit. here's the thing. You know, sometimes you get people in this game uh-huh. who are bona fide pretty boys, but they don't back it up. Okay. Then you got dudes like the Oscar De La Hoyas. Big shout out to my man, white comedian, Matt Reif. Right. Yourself. They are dudes who visually look the part, but pack the punch. You got to have to. You got to pack the fucking punch. It won't work so if you don't I pack it. when I saw you, I was like, okay, this thing is cut from Sugar Ray Leonard's claw. <laughs> he got the looks. He got the charisma. I'm, I'm I fast. See, I, I got see a lot of women like him. Right. But the nigga got, yo. He's an animal. But you got to understand. Animal. Let me tell you, uh, I got so a lot. So much so, I'm sorry. Go. So much so that I'm telling you, Hollywood, pay this man his residuals, booty call. Yeah, they owe me some money. They owe, you owe, y'all made the movie? Yeah, they owe me some All money. of that stemmed from this nigga's joke. <laughs> and that became popular in, 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 in cultural vernacular. How like bling bling. And you know, once the old white women took it, it was over. <laughs> but booty call yeah. was a term that was used in the 90s and 2000s that was popular. And it's always funny because when people say that or laugh at it, I go, they don't know the origin. They don't. They don't they know, don't man. Know they, the just, they don't even know why they say Bill it. Bill started that. I, it, it, it's Thank you for that, man. I really appreciate it. And that's the beauty of comedy, man. A lot of right. things that we say in jest when we're like working out or really, really like nailing a joke become right. universal. Yeah. Like certain jokes that I've seen you done on your Def Jam, it, yeah. it, it's... it's Evergreen. Listen, I'm going to throw this name out. <laughs> go. You tell me if you're going to back me up. Go, go. Uh, Robo DJ, Will E. Will E. Now, I'm trying to grow as a human being. Okay, go ahead. I'm older, I'm okay. 48. Okay. So I'm not going to go into my old ways. You, you, you got, you've gotten better. I'm just saying. But let's get to it. Robo, Robo DJ was taken from a young kid and completely stolen. Because that was one of my biggest closing bits. Yes, it was. When I used the Yamaha XPX90 sound machine. But here's why I know it's called staying power. That wasn't the only bullet I had in the chamber. Yeah. That was his only bullet. Yeah. So once that got fired, it was, now what else? See, here's the thing. This I'm so happy you brought that up. Uh, one of the things that people always ask me about originality, and they say, okay, you'll be when y'all coming up, you know, what was it like with, with cats? We had a, a, a wonderful respect. I would say 90% of the game, this is a fraternity if you're a comedian. And um, people don't steal jokes generally, but when you got a smoker, I've seen it. <laughs> I, I've seen motherfuckers right. say, yo, right. they, they, they ain't going to see me do this in St. Right. Louis or whatever. Right. right. But I vividly remember that piece. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't put the two and two together. Though. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. That was, that was one of my first joints from about 14 to 16. And it was so. And, and again, the concept that, was that, that I hurt. saw the movie Robocop. Yes. So my joke was. Picture RoboCop fucking. And the same way his gun would come out of his hip with all the sound effects, I had my dick come out of my pants. Right, exactly. And I'm doing all the, you know, sound effects fucking and all. And of course, I would end it with the step back. Thank you for your cooperation. And walk off. People people are running. I saw him do that on a showtime at the Apollo. (laughs) And I was like, this motherfucker. Yo, well, well, man. Just call him and say you're sorry, man. But it's all down. You ain't got to say you're sorry. Hey, no, we good. We good. 
Hey, listen, but it happens. Yes. I got I got one. I got one that is mythical, and I don't know if I do this, is it going to start a bunch of shit? But it is definitely an interesting concept on, right. uh, uh, you know, old school situation. Real quick before we get interview, um, Derek Fox, Jersey comedian, had a bit where he he would do his whole show and he would close yep. with what's the character? Shantae. Shantae. Okay. Now, now I, I'm wondering if you're going. You know, you know where I'm going. I'm gonna let me live, but you you gonna know where I, I'm going. I think so. Everybody in Jersey knew that when Derek Fox does Shantae, yes, it is going to be pandemonium, and that's the closing bit. That was his closing bit. Okay, so early '90s, Martin Lawrence mm-hmm. comes to Jersey. <laughs> this is this is a Jersey situation, Uh-oh. and anybody got something to say about this? You you can I can stand on this. I'm at Terminal D. Mm. Martin Lawrence comes to Terminal D and destroys the place. First time I ever seen Martin in, in New Jersey. Right. All right. Cool. Cut to Derek performs that night. Mm, coincidence. Does Shantae. Who later is known as? as go ahead, Shanene. Shanene. Now I'm not gonna say nothing because it ain't the same name, but I'm gonna say something. Derek Fox stopped doing comedy. There are some dudes yeah. who, if you're really good at what you do, yeah, you're a machine gun. And then some dudes are a 1756 musket shot. Yeah. And that's it. it. Yeah. And you ain't got no other you one. You ain't got nothing else. Right. Willie, Derek Fox, with all due respect, Derek Fox. Willie, I was mad. I ain't know Willie. Right. But I was just mad it was blatant theft. But I knew I, he, I came up with Derek. Yeah, this so, is what I'm saying. So, like, right. so, so it might be more personal because we Jersey cats and we seen him do right. it a million times. Right. And it was we knew it was he was going to close with it. When, you, when but, he literally took his bread and butter. So, so we cannot... You know, and Martin, you you're my guy. I can't verify this and say yo whatever, but I'm just gonna say your shenane that Martin took to a whole nother level that was bomb, like to a level where we had to see it on his show. Right, killed Derek Fox's. Like yeah. Derek couldn't even go back and do it no more. It's no, over. because the unfortunate part is yeah, I always want to tell now that story. everybody's gonna say look what he stole from Martin. That's Could, why he can't do it anymore. He can't do it. Because yeah. everybody going to go, oh, he he doing Shanene. Yeah. When in reality, no, he doing Shantae. Yeah, Shantae was around for- Shanae. Yeah. <laughs> I always want to tell that story. I want to I want, I want to give, I just, and you know, we can't prove it. If Martin want to come on one day on Top Billing and tell your side of it, I love to hear it. But on the Jersey cast, for the cast that we grew up with, we felt like- Real talk Damn. that 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 came from Derek Fox. And Derek Fox will probably, I mean, he's doing really well right now. Right. And he don't probably give a fuck. Right. But I care. And I just thought I wanted to get yeah, that no, out. No, I, I just want to clear no, my conscience. You. I hear you. Since you're clearing it out. I, I bring that out. You, brought, you brought that I out. Brought out it. Of me. I brought that out of you. <laughs> now, earlier when we were talking, yeah. um, you were saying that your gift of voice, uh, your perspective, your um, 
your attitude is a blessing. My Charles Barkley like yeah, no giving a fuck demeanor. Correct. And you you stand on a lot of things that I you're do. very passionate I about. I do. Why do you think it gets misconstrued or it goes left? Do you think you hit it too hard? Well, I, I think that before that, you know, I always say this game is Hollywood is like high school, man. Mm-hmm. It's very segregated. The cool kids sit with the cool kids, the goth with the goth, the jocks with the jocks, preps and preps. And a lot of times, people go off of what they hear rather than do self-investigation. Okay. They go, I heard he's like this. I heard he's like that. Right. So the seed has already been planted for you to feel a certain way about me without meeting me, without doing self-investigation. And then on top of that, like I said, I I stand on what I stand on, and I'm I'm real. Listen, there have been a lot of things that I have said that I wish I could take back. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because I don't believe in what I said. I just know that knowing how this game is, should have said it. You know what I mean? Because right. no matter what you do or what you say- You're going to get criticized. You're anyway. going to get criticized. And, and you know, there's consequences and repercussions. Um, but I've always believed in what I said. Just probably shouldn't have said it. Right. You know? And, and it's <laughs> like- This like wasn't I, the right place And like for I it. said, my, my mouth is my biggest attribute, but it's also my biggest detriment. And the beauty of it is that you own it, right? Um, and I, I've seen you go from being a a 19-year-old, no, a, a actually a 16-year-old to 18 to 20 to getting in the game, and, it, and the game picked up for you really, really fast. And um, Maybe too fast. And it was really fast for you, yeah. and being so young. I'm glad, like for me, what helped save me was I was a civilian for most of my life and then got famous. So I didn't, right. it wasn't like I was a child and it hit me, it hit me as a grown man so I could navigate a little better, but it was still a lot for me. I'm gonna be honest with you. So as a young guy going, coming up, coming to the shows with your mom, your mom being your manager and taking care of you and making sure you good to you branching your wings and jumping in this Hollywood game. What was that like for a young comedian? Well, see, here, here's, here's the part that I think where it would have been better for me had it not happened that way. You know, it's like, look, man, most comedy dudes, they come up with a click. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you hear any, if you look at any of the great comedy documentaries about comedians from Boston, comedians from New York, a lot of them dudes, you know, and, and especially in the trenches of the struggle, lived together, mm-hmm. you know, rode in the same Hell car, yeah. supported each other. I kind of was, I nazed this shit. I was a loner. Right. I didn't have nobody. I didn't have nobody to pull my coattail and go, hey, young man, come here. No, right. no, 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 don't do that. Don't say that. Right. You got to be careful. Right. Watch where you step. Everything I learned, I learned by my motherfucking self. Moved out. I started at 14. Def Jam with Martin, 16. Showtime at Apollo, 17. By, by the middle of my 17s, I moved to L.A. Oh, by myself. Oh, I lived my in Compton with my, with my, with my aunt in, in a room. So I was taking the bus from deep down in, in, in Compton to the comedy store. Wow. So, you know. Grinded. Grinded. Everything I learned from 17, 18, 19, and beyond, I'm learning as I go. Whoa. So think of it like Mike Tyson. You're putting a lot of shit in a young person. Success, fame, money. Women. Women. And, and, and Customato had a great saying about Mike. As much as he loved him and saw him as like a son and Mike to him like a father figure, he goes... You're not smart enough to understand that there are wolf dressed in sheep's clothes. You're not smart enough to see the difference. Right. And and when you don't know this shit and you're it's, learning as you go. Bro, it's rough. Oh, dude, you, you, you do a lot of shit that, you know, 
can put you behind the eight ball. Yes, And now you're constantly playing catch-up. Listen, listen, you you are hitting it right on the head. And a lot of people admire what we do. Or like people say, yo, how are you, Bill Bellamy? You know, you always happy. You, uh, you know, man, damn, Bill, you been on, you know, whole career. You know, I remember LL Cool J said to me in a limo one day, he was like, yo, be on everything I love, man. You've been good since you came on, man. You ain't never had a bad album. I never forget everything that. you done, but solid beat. Yeah, yeah, you know what solid, I mean? yeah. <laughs> so, so, crazy, man. I was Every like, time I watch you, man, you like you dripping chocolate, man. Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like he hit me in the right, head with right. that one day, and he was saying I was blessed, right? right? You know, and I was, you know, early in my career, and I was blessed because I came out if like a shot out like a rocket. But what I didn't have no outside of Shaq, you know, I mean, there was nobody I could talk to that know what that fame shit do because right. fame is like a drug or Ooh. like a sexy chick you want to see all the time you know you think she's gonna be around forever right you know she might be a summer right you know what i mean you might have like you said you might have one one def jam and you out being a famous dude is like being a pretty bitch <laughs> yeah you ain't gonna be pretty forever <laughs> right but you, you, the same advantages that a pretty woman has that's what fame for be. a dude yeah you it's get all same. that and you get all that let me tell you some quick story i'm on mad tv and, you know, this business is political. It's racist. I'm on Mad TV. And very popular female cast member. I ain't going to say her name because, again, it's my growth. Now, when I may have told this story some odd years ago, I said the name. Right. Very popular. She's on one of the most popular cartoons, voiceovers. She's dating a white boy on the show. Uh, oh, Deborah Wilson, my, my, my girl, my sister, black girl from Mad TV. Mm -hmm. She's dating one of the white boys on the show that's a cast member. And we're all sitting in the makeup room getting ready to shoot the next scene. And this chick, the one who I'm named, I'm not gonna say, says to another white chick on the show, oh my God, so-and-so, look at, it looks like I got raped by a nigga and I got the proof under my fingernails to prove it. And she was saying that despite Deborah. Now, me and Deborah, of course, took offense to it. Correct. So we made the dumb mistake of thinking if we went to the producers, and said, hey, this was said, it wasn't cool, blah, blah, blah. That's the right thing to do. Oh, don't do that, black people. You can't complain, niggas. Let me do it in my Paul Mooney. <laughs> nigga, don't you ever goddamn complain, nigga. Stay in your goddamn place, nigga. This is Hollywood. <laughs> Stay in your goddamn place, nigga. So we got in trouble. Right. You got in we trouble. We got in trouble. Right. We didn't make the racist comment. We didn't offend. We were offended. But we got in trouble wow. for speaking up. Wow. Now, this is where I go, maybe if somebody would have been able to, hey, brother, don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't do it's it. Hollywood. It's Hollywood. We know she, she you know it. she wrong. She, she wrong. Mean she ain't mean it. Huh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you complaining ain't going to do nothing but fuck you up. Yeah. As crazy as that is. And it don't seem like it makes no right. sense, but it, it's true. And so the, the legend is told he's difficult. Correct. Aries Spears is difficult. Because he well, he might go to a producer and raise hell about a, a nigga joke. Right. How dare I? So, you know. And there we go. And there we go. Because because here's the thing. First impressions are sometimes everything. Um, and certain things can, can kind of linger in your career, right? You, Mad TV took off. Uh, it made a major splash in the game. Then it dipped off. You know, you know, it was it was rivaling sort of the in living color vibes, sketch yeah. comedy. Right. Y'all was edgy. Yep. Um, 
and then you you know you this is the thing about hollywood that people don't understand like you could be the darling of the city mm-hmm. you know you on a hot show they fly you private you doing all the right shit you right. got the right money and then that shit stopped now you on to your next job how do you handle that part of the business well you know <laughs> and listen this is not me trying to be braggadocious or arrogant but here's where i i, I think this is an ode to my skill level Listen, man, I haven't been in a major movie since Jerry Maguire, late 19, I think 1988 or 99. I haven't been a regular on a TV show since Mad TV. I think that's 20 years ago. And I'm still selling out shows. Yeah, People are still coming to see me. And I think that's a testament to they know my cocaine is uncut. <laughs> my yayo is on step. It's not stepped on, nigga. Yeah, it's I real. bring the thunder. Yes, sir. It's now you ha- you st- at, at some point you have to get on something. Right. You have to do something to maintain that. Uh, and I believe I will. But for me to have <clears throat> not been on the scene like that, film wise or television wise, in twenty years, but and I'm also, still as relevant as as you some ever of were, the top niggas in but, the game. But this is a thing, Aries, <clears throat> and this is an attribute that why a lot of guys want to be comedians. Right. Because being a fantastic, great joke king, you have your own lane outside of Hollywood. So here's the thing. A lot of guys want to do comedy, comedy, till they get movies and TV and quit comedy, right? Comedy is how you get to the people. Comedy is how people get to feel you and see your real person on your personality, your real jokes, your real vibe. That's how you lock in with your fans, right? If you ne- if you never if you only did TV and movies and didn't do no stand up, how they gonna touch you? Right. Think about it. I mean, they got social media now. Right. But we came up with the non-social media world. So now, cut to you know, you can survive being a fantastic comedian because one, you have social media. Two, you are a name. Three, you always stay in some shit, so your name pops up every now and then because you go going to do some shit. Like, I'll, you be popping up in my feed. I'll be like, oh, Lord. What did I do? What did he do? What did he do? Because you, you, it, it could be something as funny as fun as music. Right. You, yo, you. If it comes up with hip hop, you going right. in. Right. If it, if if it, anybody talking about Michael Jordan not being the number one player ever, you gonna spaz. Okay. So yeah, you know I have a, an affinity for number twenty three and red. And part of the reason for that is because Mike had no weaknesses in his game. He wasn't just a dunker. Basketball IQ, passing, rebounding, both ends of the courts, offensively, defensively. And I liken a lot of what we do to sports, but let me actually put it in a a football analogy. You could be a a Hall of Fame award-winning championship quarterback who stays in the pocket. Correct. But you're even deadlier when you can Michael Vick it. Meaning crowd work. Yeah, crowd. There's a lot of great comedians who, in terms of their material, their playbook, are unfuckwittable. Yeah, you can't fuck with them. But if you a nigga that can go in that crowd and say, fuck the playbook, and, and, and scramble. Woo! You could create magic in there. And, and, and again, I'm not trying to be braggadocious. No, but, but being honest, truth, speak it. Some of my crowd work is better than niggas' written material. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the written material is potent. Yeah. So now if you, the material... The crowd work, the impressions, the ability to sing, your timing, fearlessness, edgy, raw. 
Yeah, man, my coke good, nigga. My coke is strong. But that's but see, that goes back to what we said earlier in the interview, why you have a career. Right. Because you have all the attributes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You Patrick Mahomes, Michael Vick, you 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 Joe Theismann, you 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 Joe Namath, you you know, you you uh uh all the right quarterbacks right. with all the right attributes. So now you have longevity. I mean, you could play you Tom Brady too because Tom Brady stretched it out, right? So what I'm saying to you is don't be surprised why you're here. You're here because you did the work. Absolutely. And you're working. Absolutely. And so, <clears throat> um, but the frustrating thing is what when you go, in terms of what I've been able to do with what I've been given, mm -hmm. yeah. Now imagine if I could Get that other shit. Like when I go, like I, I did a movie called 420 with uh, one of the Baldwin brothers and uh, Keith David, or David Keith, the black brother. You yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. David Keith. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and you know, it was cool, but let me be honest. It was low budget. It was independent. Was it the most, was it the most quality type movie? Nah. But the scenes that I did, that you I, went, that I showed on, 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 you, on YouTube and <clears throat> Instagram, people was like, yo, this is crazy. And now I go, God, imagine if I got a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. A quality director, quality writers, surrounded by you other gotta, talent but you gotta, where you, we can elevate But you got to see that, though, bro. See what I'm saying? So, like, with me, you know, this maybe this doesn't work for everybody, but for me, I see it already. You know what I'm saying? And, and you got to see yourself doing it. Like, you mm -hmm. just called it. That's a manifestation right there. Right. That's a, a process of your manifestation. You just said what you want. Right. Right. But not what if I am. So just change it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Judd. I, I'm, 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 I'm a rock with Judd. I'm That's a different statement. I hear you. It's funny because, I, I, you know, I'm actually <laughs> battling with my baby mother right now about that because she's deep into the manifestations, right. affirmations. It's real. Yeah. Now, now, listen, listen. All it is is an adjustment. Okay. I'm not asking you to change much. I'm just talking about how you say it. All right. You know, it's a difference saying I I think I, I think I'm gonna make it than I am. Right. This is just an adjustment. I am moving to Cal. I, I remember when I said I am moving to LA. I am making movies. I am going to leave I the said peppermint. All that bill. Right. Well, because this business, what what's that, bro? What the business that people don't see in Hollywood is there's so many no's. And there's so many setbacks before you get back, right? And so what we need to do as artists, and I believe we are artists, mm -hmm. is that we never lose your energy to win. And it's sometimes you get low. Yes. Sometimes you get low. You don't always have the will to fight back. Sometimes you don't want to give a fuck no more. And, and I've seen that in you. Okay, I've been a friend of yours for a long time. I've seen you, I've, I've seen you when you didn't see me see you. Mm. And I've seen you low. And I then I I said, let me go talk to him. You remember how many times I used to call you out of random? Yeah. Just checking on you. Yeah. And you always say, I'm my opinion, you know what I'm saying? And I, I one time you said, Yo, B, I'm working on it. I'll never forget that. You said, B, I'm working on it. Because what happened for me was I was at I was doing the show the week after you, right? And for whatever reason, something went wrong or whatever. And I said to the GM, I said, "Yo, that's my man, man. Y'all kind of y'all got it wrong with him." I said, "Y'all don't understand. He, I feel like he's going through a lot right now, and maybe you know it's just a buildup. I don't think it's personal because I know he a good dude. That's when I called you, and I was like, "Yo, man, what's going on?" 
and you was like, yo, B, man, it's just been, it's been weird time for me. And your voice, you look so good right now that I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited for Listen, you. Listen, big shout out <clears throat> to my man, Dion Cole. I mm -hmm. loved how in his last special, he said, hey man, real talk, uh, I want y'all to show these comedians some love, man, mm -hmm. cause you know, we gotta do all this dance and shit, and y'all don't know, deep down inside sometimes, we be dying inside. Oh, God. He goes, a boxer get hit, that's part of the game. Yeah. But you know, we human beings, man, we go through shit. And it's just like I said, I, you know, I, I, not, I came from poverty, you right. know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm the first and only person in my family to see two commas on a yearly check. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and have success. So again, it ain't like somebody pulled my coattail and said, watch out for this, don't do this, don't do that, do this. I am literally learning as I go. So there's been so many stumbles and falls and mistakes. And admittedly so, my fault on mm -hmm. a lot of things I've done that I probably shouldn't have done. And a lot of shit that wasn't my fault. But that come with it right. when you don't know. Right. Um, so yeah, man, there's just been times like where I just say to myself, man, I, I, I said to myself before I ever got on a plane and came to LA, man, I'm making it. And I'm going to do this till the wheels fall off. I'm going to do this till I die. This Facts. is it. This is it. And there are days where I wake up and I still feel like that. But then there are other days where I can't even get out of bed. And I go, man, I'm ready to ask the devil, what's the going rate on a soul? I'm ready, I'm ready to get out of here. Right. You know, if I could, if I could, you know, make sure I got enough money to really fall back. And I, you know, listen, I love women, period. But black women, you know, my two baby mothers, one black, one Puerto Rican. I love ethnic women. We, you know, that's spice. I like spice on my chicken. Right. But <laughs> you like that. I, I, I like, like that, some, that, you know, a little some bit adobos, of that adobo. Some, 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 <laughs> some Tabasco. Right. But I, and there are times when I'm just going, I'm ready to cash out with a white bitch. Right. Why are you going to cash out? Let me find a white bitch with some money. Right. And with my money. Hey, yo. And, and hey, yo, I'm going to wake up with hey, yo, what's my man? stringy yo, hands out my teeth. What, what about my man that, uh, that, that like maxed out with a... Um, with uh, Bill Gates' daughter. He got yeah. the smile of life. You Come know on, man. Nigga, look like he's smiling like she signed his freedom papers. What? And listen, <laughs> joking, but not joking, right. but joking, joking but sis. about the white chick. Well, I let's mean, keep it real. Black women, Hispanic women, that's my first love. Right. You love what you love. Ain't no shame in that. Right. But I'm just like, man, this fucking game, dude. I, I said I would, I will never quit. Right. Because to me, quitting is the weakest thing you can ever do. Correct. But and it, I still but stand. Been, but you but, be, uh, they be pushing you to the wall, huh? Nigga, like, I'm going. Uh, well, I you don't it. believe in rubbers? <laughs> <laughs> nigga threw me off with yo, that. Yo, yo, no, they don't, they don't make rubbers where you live. They don't make, you know, they don't make. Uh, I actually have a joke about that, uh, too. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know what I mean? Because, you know, once the baby situation get in there and y'all ain't together, it get weird. It's, but to me, it's not even that. It, okay. It's just, you know. The beat down that this that this life combined with show business, mm -hmm. combined with you know the people that you take care of, and it's easy for people to go, I appreciate you. Words is nothing. That's easy. That's rehearsed. Yeah. I appreciate you. Love you. I'm thankful. Your actions is another thing. Yeah. And it's tougher to show it physically than verbally. So you know, I got all the people telling me how much they love me and appreciate me all fucking day. But I could tell by your actions, you don't mean it or you don't understand it. Because if you understood how hard it is to make it in this business, to earn a dollar, to pay all the bills, to never need for nothing, 
then your behavior would match nobody, your words. No, but no one can understand. Or give a fuck. Or give Most a fuck. people really don't, don't give, give a fuck. Because they not walking it. No. Yo, you know how hard it is to be Steph Curry? Oh, Do you know how hard it is to make that make them shots like that every night? How many thousands, right. thousands, thousands right. of shots this man has right. practiced to right. make that from half court, turn around, from make his it bathroom. from his bathroom. Right. Like no one, no one knows <clears throat> what that's like. No one knows what LeBron James goes through to take care of his body for a whole season where he played twenty years. He's been playing since he was nine. Right. Okay. Gave the NBA twenty of his best years. Still getting buckets. Still you know, ain't better than MJ. I get it. But what I'm saying is, he used te- technology. Maybe his diet, maybe his, you know, his workout regimen. LeBron ain't in the clubs. He ain't a party cat. You know, he take care of his body. Do you know what it's like to be a LeBron James? Do you know what it's like to be an Aerie Spears, to be able to go out, sell out shows, travel, write, got to write now, got to have the mind to write the shit that you want to say, put it in order, practice it. Get the brag. Get, get up bag. early, four in the morning. Catch the flight, five <laughs> hours. Catch, get up another five o'clock in the morning. Do yeah. the press. You know, come like, on. Like, listen, man. Listen, it's a lot to the it. The people that love you at some point, when they, when they meet you, they meet the the celebrity. Correct. But when they love you, that doesn't matter, and it shouldn't to a degree, because now you the the real you. You the, you the person they love to your kids. You just daddy. You know. But at some point, I just. Go listen when I'm with my baby mom and we walking in the streets right. and five six people Aries 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 cars stop yo I, I, I sometimes will go bitch remember who you with yeah look remember you see, now I'm not saying you're supposed to treat me like the king all the time but be respectful but remember who the fuck you with <laughs> what's wrong on, with man. that though remember you're not with the average motherfucker hey man hey bro ain't nothing wrong with that you know and and, and whether it's an ego thing or not. I think a lot of times when you an alpha male, you know, um, we make it look easy. Let me tell you, one, and I just like I love Jordan, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, The Sopranos. Mm. In one episode, uh, there was this episode where Tony was uh, hanging out with his dad's mistress. And at one point she talked about how she fucked Kennedy. And she goes, a woman's job when dating a powerful man is to make him feel powerful. Facts. So again, we want you to be natural, real. Mm-hmm. We want you to, we want to see each other as not the facade, but the human beings that we fell in love with. But every now and then, treat a nigga how level up. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, man, you on, you touching, you touching on an area of. And some people will listen to this and some people will watch it and say, well, that's just our ego. You well, know, women will say that. Yeah, you know, um, but I feel <clears throat> like it's also we need to feel love. It's a, it's a necessity. It's a necessity. You know what I'm saying? And, I'm, and, the, and the hardest thing for most people to understand about this game, especially being in it like now for me, 29 years being in the entertainment business, is... Love is essential, like the love of your audience, the love of your family, the love of your best friends, your love of your mom. Like, like that gives you the fuel that you yes. need to do everything. I know this is going to sound corny, man, but and I, and I say this, but it's weird. Like, 
<clears throat> sometimes I get more love from complete strangers than the people that you want it from. Your family, your yeah. blood. Oh, all and, day. And, and I say, and, and sometimes you know, it, it brings me a little bit to getting choked up because I'm just like, how is that possible, man? You just don't understand. Sometimes when I'm feeling like I want to quit, when I feel suicidal, and I read some of the comments from people online, right? And they say things in such a way where you just, all right, I got a second win. They gave it to you. They man. gave it but to see, me, man. You, see, I, I feel like, and then there's some people that say shit that make you want to kill yourself, right? But <laughs> here, here's the thing that I think that's really interesting about being comics, and like you mentioned earlier with Dion Cole, is being a comedian is a lonely road in a way. Um, a lot of guys might be road comics and typically don't travel with anybody. Right. They usually are loners and do what they need to do. And a lot of times, you by yourself, you know, Bob Saget. You know, one of my great friends, man, um, you know, was doing his thing, having a good time, doing what he loved to do. He died, you know, in a hotel room by himself. You know what I'm saying? Right. On the road, right? This has happened in my career to about seven to eight different comedians. They're on the road by themselves. Something happened in the hotel. They die. Boom, 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 boom. So a lot of them had, have had, like, deep, deep, deep depression. There was a dude named, I think his name was Brody. Brody, used, Brody. Do you remember yes. Brody? Yes. He would do the warm-up for warm um, Best Damn Sports Show. Bro. Yeah. Brody was one of the nicest, coolest guys you would ever know. Right. He'd do warm-ups for all the shows. He'd do, be at the, you see him at the comedy stories. All right, Bellamy, what's happening, man? I'm doing my thing, man. I'm moving. Right. I can't talk to you right now. I'm moving, moving fast. But he was always good energy. Right. He killed himself. Right. Okay. And what the point I'm about to make Robin is Williams. Robin Williams, happy man, happy man, happy man, making everybody happy, got out of here, right? One of the issues I think that is very difficult for men to talk about is mental health, right? And and I don't know why, but it's just one of these stigmas that, you know, guys don't ever want to open up about, you know, oh, you know, I had a like a, a tough time dealing with this and I don't want to tell <clears throat> anybody I'm going to get judged or this makes me weak or whatever. Like for me, you know, I lost my brother. I lost my mom. I lost my dad last year. It was it was devastation. Like it was it was the craziest feeling to have these losses back to back to back. Right. So I know what dark means. You know, people always say, oh, yo, B, you always up. Yo, I know, I know, I know that. I know where right. it's at, right? Despair or or just feeling lost or just having those moments in your life where you don't know what tomorrow could be because you're so in a deep place and dark today. You don't know tomorrow. You don't know that you got to fight to get to tomorrow. Have you ever right. felt something like that? You know, dude, it's like, you know, when you're young, you know, you believe you're immortal. You right. know, your shit don't stink. You're going to live forever. You're going to be pristine mm -hmm. forever. But then the older I get <clears throat> through humility and just through things I see, that that reality hits you that, hey, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. You're going to get old. You're not going to be as beautiful as you once were. Uh, and it just makes you question your mortality. Mm -hmm. Like, like, listen... Once upon a time, and I don't want to get off on a tangent on this because that's a whole other, we could do a whole other hour on religion. <laughs> okay. But, you know, once upon a time ago, man, I really believed in God, hard body, nigga. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I, I still go, okay, I, I do. But then there are certain things that happen that make absolutely no sense to me that make me question everything. Like I'm sitting here going, people who tell me, you know, God has a plan for you. 
-hmm. You know, it's a destiny. It's a, God gives man free will, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I go, well, wait a minute. Kobe Bryant and his daughter, 13, <sighs> did nothing innocent. Nobody. Like, why would that happen? I Chadwick Boseman, who used to visit kids in the hospital with cancer, dies of cancer. Yeah. Why am I special? Why am I supposed to believe that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z? Right. Or that when this these, all these people and they have these... Uh, these just, great uh, people. Golly, yeah. You know, I know listen, exactly I'm, what I'm you a, mean. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the show Real Time with Bill Maher. Now, if you know anything about Bill Maher from the movie Religiousless mm -hmm. to his show, he's a loud, proud atheist. Great. <laughs> yeah, he built Destroys yeah, religion yeah. Yo, and yo, the belief yo, of God. He's he not playing. And, and I sit here and go, <laughs> make this make sense to me. So to the people that believe, that pray, go to church, give their 10%. Correct. And I'm sure a lot of those people were black folks from New Orleans. Katrina hits. Their lives are turned upside down. Some don't ever recover. Some died. Yeah. And they believe in God. They prayed to God. And here's Bill Maher, loud, proud atheist, millionaire, flies private jet, denounces religion. Make that make sense. The people that believe and worship get on their hands and knees and pray, give they 10%. And they get, they get and demolished. They get, they get demolished. But the man who don't believe and destroys anybody who believes is all right. Make it make sense. It's tough, man. You know, it, and here and here's the thing: that duality of life, and you know, circumstances make you question. You know, um, you know whether it's a, a loss of a family member, whether it's a, a, a cancellation of a show, whether you know you get a setback in your career where you know you're trying to get back on, and you're wondering if you're gonna get that taste again. I mean, I remember a long time ago, you know. Um, I came out here to L.A., I got on, I had a huge TV deal, got the NBC money, jumped right to wow. Fox, went, we, bro, we did a whole season of Fastlane that was bananas. We was coming on after um, American Idol, bro. Man. Numbers, everything <laughs> was cracking. We gonna get picked up. Ain't nothing right. to talk about, bro. And... Um, I will never forget this. Like, we got canceled, man. I was like, yo, is it over? Like, literally, I'll never forget the feeling. I'm driving home, and I'm like, yo, is this over for me? Let me try to match you. Oh, my God. Before Mad TV. Remember, and I know, I know you probably remember this. Once upon a time ago in Hollywood, they used to give out what was called development deals. Facts. Where if you crushed on stage, they paid you some money to the take set. you off the market. Yeah, we, they, we want Why, we want to create something for you. They don't do that shit now. No, no. But for the first five years of my tenure here in L.A., I went from network to network with development deals. It had gotten so to the point where I was known around town as this awesome young kid, this force who's getting all this money. Everybody want to fuck with him. But nothing was ever happening. But they don't know what to do with them. <laughs> don't know what to do with them. Cut to my very first show, South of Sunset. Mm -hmm. Our action cop drama show. Kind of like Mod Squad. CBS. You know, I was pulling a great five figures a week. Cut to, they hired Glenn Fry as the lead. Mm -hmm. Now, Glenn wasn't the best actor. Okay. But he's Glenn Fry, Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Yeah. So he gets the job. No but doubt. he's really not that great. Okay. So not only that, when we premiere, we're up against the number one show on TV, Home Improvement. Ooh. And, also, and we're also up against 
Melrose Place. Jesus. You see what I'm saying? What you doing? Now, that's not bad enough. <laughs> oh, my God. When we premiered, we premiered during the California fires. So we didn't even air in Los Angeles. Nobody was even checking for you. No. So the ratings were horrible. Maybe they would have brought us back for a second season. But what happened was towards the end of the first season, Glenn had hired an acting coach. Mm -hmm. Got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And he tells the network, let's reshoot a lot of what we did in the beginning because my shit wasn't up to par. They said, no, that'll cost too much money, blah, blah. He gets mad, curses the network out. Done. Out of we there. were done. Done. And so that was like, damn, the like fuck? how you say. Yeah, what the fuck? Cut to, I get mad TV. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, I'm grateful for it because it made me more famous than I was before I got there. Yeah. But let me be honest. Let's be honest. It ain't SNL. Yeah. A a a SNL is the NBA. Yeah, that's the NBA. Yeah. SNL is, is the... Is, 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 I got I to gotta, I gotta host SNL. Listen, I'm putting that out listen. there. I'm hosting SNL. Are you really? No, I'm saying oh, I'm going to. Oh. Well, then See, that's how I talk. He's hosting on the night I'm on. Yeah, there you as go. regular. <laughs> Let's call it out. But Long Greens, holler at me. There it is. Um, <laughs> but what happened was, listen, man, there are people who have been on SNL that even if they weren't great, a movie was made. Yeah. They got a spinoff. SNL that is, is the it's, power it's of the SNL. Staple. I love it's that it's the quintessential for a comedian. You got to do it. That's why guys like Dave and Eddie and everybody go back and do it, man. It's like, you know, Tracy Morgan was like, yo, they always take care of me. Man. But, you know, this is the part where some might go, Aries is on a soapbox. But I, I'm, I'm sharing with you my experience. I just went, my career has always felt like something good happens, but then there's an all shucks moment. Right. You know, South to Sunset, but all shucks. Oh. Mad TV, it ain't SNL. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Even when I did, and, and here's what's oh, crazy. I, when, I, when, I talked to, when I talked to Barry Katz, uh -huh. Barry said, look, man, you have done what most people don't ever do. Right. There's so many people come to this town and get and nothing. 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 You went from one failed show to a hit show to another fail. You've had three shots. My third shot, The Underground with Damon Wayans, the sketch show on Showtime. Raw, gritty. It's on. I, I said this is something that will blow up because it's never been done. A sketch show with no parameters. Ooh, you can go there. You can go get it. You know, by this point, Damon's rich, man. He, he don't need this. He's done several things. He don't need this. Damon so, don't even want to come out right, the house right so, now. He's so, so, so chill. We, we did the first season, <laughs> and then I guess uh, he didn't have. There was a disagreement with Showtime, and he was like, "Man, fuck it." I'm just gonna go go back to my castle, and I'm chilling. Oh shucks! shucks. <laughs> like I'm going. They just let just leave why, Aries in the parking why lot. Why couldn't Mad TV <laughs> do for me what SNL did for blah 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 blah? Yeah, right. Why couldn't South the Sunset be the big monster hit and never look back? Why couldn't the Underground with Damon take the fuck off? Right, because it's because it's, it's something it's, else it's, coming for you. Uh, you ready now? You had to get you had to get you had to get your knuckles dirty. You uh, had to go through it. Cause now I guarantee you gonna appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Oh my God. You are <laughs> Listen, Chris Rock had one of the greatest quotes I you ever go, heard. You're gonna appreciate it. Well, You're gonna be at work early. <laughs> Chris Rock, Chris Rock had one of the greatest oh, things I ever heard. And I wanna and I wanna get your opinion on this. Go. He goes, the best job in Hollywood is the better than the worst job out of it. Oh, better yet, the worst job in Hollywood is better than the best job out of it. That's facts. Now, here's why I say that. I said the one thing I don't ever want to do 
is be the Nickelodeon dad. Oh yeah, because my style of comedy, nah, my yeah. I go for the it'll cornball, it'll, it'll, it'll cornball you out. And no, and no disrespect, but I everybody would know you went for the bag. I don't want to be Rondell <laughs> Sheridan. <laughs> No disrespect, I want, I, I, Rondell. No, not at all. No, not at all. You but are I, fantastic, corny dad. Give me, give me He's New good. York undercover. You want some? You want I some want edge? Some, some Come edge. on, man, some swag. But but then I go again. How many failures have to happen before you become the TV dad? Are they gonna break you? Don't do it. I don't. Don't let them break you. Don't let them break you. I don't want to <laughs> let them break me, Bill. But I'm, I'm They're trying to you, break nigga. you. If oh. I see you with the sweater, oh. if I see you with the TV dad sweater, I'm going to blow you up. And laughter. <laughs> hey, guys. If you do that, that would be like if you saw me doing a chicken commercial. Like if you saw Bill Bellamy, Bill Bellamy doing like a, 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 a Burger King Whopper. Something crazy, <laughs> and I'm holding. Let me tell you something. At and, one I'm in, point, and I'm with the kids, right? In right. The elevator, guys. We are having it our way. No, <laughs> nigga. Uh, <laughs> my, my my managers at one point got the call from uh, oh, shit. Hollywood. What was that show? Mm. The Fit Club about the Hollywood. The niggas losing weight. Big, uh, 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 the Biggest Loser. The Biggest Loser. Yeah. I said, Nah, you're not gonna dog pony and dog show me. Nah, no. nah, yo. Come on, Aries. Yeah, Go nah, harder. Nigga. Yeah, you sneaking Twinkies mm. in and shit. Mm. <laughs> and they offered me like, they offered me like. They, they was paying real money. They offered me like 180 grand. Easy. I said, nah. but and, and you make more as you go. Right. I'm, no, you're not dog and pony showing me, man. Right. If if I'm on, if I'm on, if I'm going to be the butt of the fat jokes, yeah. it'll be on my, my terms. My terms, yeah. You ain't going to have me on TV. On NBC. To flip a fucking tractor tire. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. No, this is the funniest shit I could share with y'all, right? Because everybody was, you know, I kept getting these offers, you know, to uh, be on Dancing with the Stars and shit, right? right? And I'm like, man, you got me fucked up. I'm not doing no motherfucking you know, dance with the star. This is just Bill Bellamy. Oh, hold that, hold that. I just got to tag that. Okay. Dave Chappelle's great joke when he goes, dancing with the stars? Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> not, not yet. Not, not yet. <laughs> right. So get this, right? So, right? so I'm sitting there and shit, and I either run in, I think I ran into DL, or I ran into somebody I really knew, Mario. Right. Mario. Right? The singer. <laughs> the singer. The so good-looking Chris Rock. Right, the good-looking Chris Rock. So, so Mario said, man... They breaking me off on this joint, man. This is crazy. Money yeah, money-wise and shit. So I was like, what? He was like, yo, but this shit crazy. Right. He was like, it's crazy. He's dancing nine, ten hours a day. And DL, you know, DL, that's my big bro. DL Hughley? DL Hughley was oh. like, yo, man, I'm out of here. This shit here. Because DL don't like, like nothing to be over two hours. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so uh, the, it came up. The, the, the money was crazy. Right. And as you advance... It's crazy. So one day, one day I'm going, damn, damn, damn. I mean, for how many weeks? Because you contemplate a little bit in my head and shit, right? So this is, this is, hopefully this is God that saved me from the right, dumb shit. Right. So I was like on the fence. Everybody's saying, B, you crazy. You, you're not doing right now. Right. Dance with stars ain't going to fuck with nothing. It's going to blow you up. And I run into Emmett Smith. Hmm. And Emmett said, man, don't you ever do no shit like that? He said, don't know. Did he do it? Yeah. He said, they think I'm the king of dancing with the stars. They don't even know I play for the Cowboys. I said, oh, shit. They don't know you 22? Right. 
He said, man, that's the craziest thing. Damn. These people looking at me like I'm the dancing with the stars, king of dancing. Wow. But I am a Hall of Fame Emmett Smith. Bro- broke records and shit? Yeah. Yo. Yeah. He got a, he got a bust. He, he He's a statue. Right. He got the yellow jacket. <laughs> I said, no, nah, I'm, I'm easy on it. Yeah, 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 not yet. What Dave said, I'm not ready for niggas to judge my cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, listen, this is a thing that is, is really important that I want people to um, just get out of this interview is that, you know, there are going to be bo- obstacles. There yeah. is There are going to be setbacks in your life. There's going to be days of darkness. Everything does not always work out. But what are we going to do? Are we going to give up? Are we gonna keep pushing? Are we gonna find a new motivation to My get manager us through? used to say to me, <clears throat> you wanna be rich or you wanna be right? Because in this business, very seldom are you both. Hmm. That's interesting. And you know, I wanna believe that you could be right. Both. You could be both. Nah. Dave is rich and right, is yeah. he not? Yeah. But, okay. he, but he takes flack for it sometimes. Well, I'll, I'll take the flack. I've been taking the flack. Yeah, let's get to the rich. You know. <laughs> Let's get to the bag bag. Right. Dave's like, man, this, this money's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave said whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, man. Dave gets an opportunity to, to really be who he is. And I think what's beautiful about Dave Chappelle, uh, and I can say this because he's, you know, one of my best friends in this game, is that, like, he's always stayed true to, to his brand. Like, you know, right. he ain't trying to be this guy or try to flip over and turn it. He's always been Dave Chappelle. Right. And if they didn't understand it, they had to figure it out and come back to him. Well, you know, my manager would always say to me, you know, you're not Bill Burr. You're not Dave Chappelle. You're not this comedian, meaning the same raw, edgy shit that they do, I can't do because they're at a level where they can get away with it. Mm -hmm. And for me to be told I can't do something or I am not as good as... Oh, that, I, I, oh, that I, you, you and can't. I'm an Aries and yeah, I'm an you, alpha male and yeah, I'm yeah, from New York. Yeah, you're not trying to hear so it. So that's, that's not a good mixture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you a quick one, right? <clears throat> so um, Godfrey was on. My man. Bro, one of the most Did talented. you see the clip we did? No, no. Did oh, you, you didn't see y'all the did clip. A, you got, we did a clip where he was Jason Statham and I was Tony Soprano. You got to see this clip. Man. Is it crazy? Oh. He did, At one point, the guy interviewing us, playing the moderator, said, and, you know, I kind of do Jason, but I don't know if I do it as good as Godfrey. He goes, uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh, you know, I like chocolate. And they say, Tony, what's your favorite? I go, it's definitely not chocolate because of the fucking niggas. <laughs> when I say Godfrey lost it for eight minutes, nigga. Well, are you we gonna have to do a impression before you go. But reason I brought Godfrey up, yeah. I said, Godfrey, you got to be one of the most talented, underrated comedians in the game. And he's like, Yeah, I feel that way. He was like, What the fuck did I do? He said, I feel like the guy who did something, but nobody told him what he did to keep him from being the boom boom. You I know, think, I think he and I uh, are like Malcolm X and Nat Turner <laughs> of comedy, nigga. Because Godfrey, to y'all your point, y'all are the king of the underground. Like, dude, like he, y'all right there. But he, listen, powerfully funny, intelligent, intelligent, can do the impressions, do everything. There's no reason why Godfrey shouldn't be a movie star, TV one star. One of the names. Come on. But Godfrey, like me, you know, he let he let y'all white let, folks y- know what it is. Y'all, y'all, y'all let it go. That nigga is. So you, you, know, you, you, you might have a little bit of Paul Mooney in you. Nigga, I tell these goddamn white folks what they want to know. 
the nerve of these motherfuckers. It's crazy. Niggas are arrogant. You've been arrogant, nigga. <laughs> I'd expect you niggas, niggas made niggas work for 400 years. <laughs> and now niggas want to take a break and they're lazy. Imagine that, nigga. Imagine that. <laughs> White folks are hilarious. They're hilarious, Phil. You know this, Phil. <laughs> if slavery came back tomorrow, oh, Mammy, we miss you, Mammy. Welcome back, Mammy. We were, we saved your cottage for you. We lit your fire. Now, please put that fat black titty in that white baby's mouth. <laughs> Feed these goddamn children that big black Aretha Franklin titty. Oh, my God. See, I know that when the Popeye's chicken came out, you niggas went crazy for that goddamn chicken. It was what was in the batter. Aretha Franklin's ashes was in the batter. <laughs> That chicken had soul, nigga. You know it's the truth, nigga. <laughs> but that's what happened with Vaughn Moody. Yeah. Wait, let me get a pause. Look, that's them coming to get me now. Listen, they the said, funny, get that the nigga. Funny, the funniest shit is Paul Mooney was that guy. Who he was, was Nat Turner time, for real. Nat Turner of comedy. He was, he was, he was, he was, uh, he was resilient, but he was defiant in such a way. Yeah. And he was so gritty and so to the... You know, man. I, I said this before. It's but like, I know, loved him, but it, it was too much for Hollywood. As black comedians, journalists of the streets, journalists of life, whether it's Eddie Griffin, me, you, I could go on and on, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Martin, we've all done black people, white people jokes because it's our life experience. Absolutely. It's what we know. It's what we live. It's our truth. But for some reason, when Paul did it, it almost felt like it, you, you, you're the Sojourner Truth of that. I'm the Frederick Douglass of that. Paul was Nat Turner, man. man he He's was slicing the white baby's throats yeah. and fucking the women. Yeah, he was doing a he lot. He was tougher on the palate. Yeah, because it was so harsh, you know. He didn't put a little bit of charm in it. It was just raw truth. Cigarettes without the filter. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> I remember when Paul Mooney used to do Caroline's right on that eight that that twelve o'clock midnight right. show. Yeah, he, he'd be sold out, and it'd be fifty people, and he would walk them out. Yeah, he walk them out. And oh, when the white people leave, I hope baby. when you get home, niggas is burglarizing your house. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. I can't, I can't with you. So I had Godfrey on here, and you guys are the king of impressions. Like, I can only do a few. You guys can right. do a, a, a million. What? Are, your DMX is crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, I seen you do a freestyle with DMX on uh, on Sway. And that was yeah. that was that was literally bananas talking about you can't rap, but whatever. whatever. You write your I own. Got, bars. You know, yeah, I could, you, you got know. you got some you got yeah. you got a few bars. No, but I ain't a rapper though. You know what I mean? But you yeah. do your thing. You got a good LL. I heard that. Uh, what's the one that's most difficult for you to grab their voice? Uh, you know, I, I don't try to do anything I can't. So okay. I know my I, I stay in the pocket. You know, if I, if I, if I, you know, again, I always say impressions is music. It's notes. That's, that's what yeah. uh, Godfrey said. He said, yeah. like, you hear the, once you learn the note, you yeah. learn the note, you can get the it. The nuance. The nuance yeah. of it. Uh, so, again, you know, Shaq is breathy. He's bassy. Right. I'm going to score 2010. I'm going to dominate. Joanne B, you got to dominate 2010, man. If I got a little guy on me, that's barbecue chicken. <laughs> I'm going to pass a pretty ringy. He's showing all the shooters. If you double team me, if you don't double team me, I'm going on the pen. I'm going to dunk and I'm going to finish. <laughs> you got yo you you got Shaq so good that he can, every time you do it he can't, he can't. Hey, let me have a moment of honesty. Okay. I'm gonna go back to little old Aries. Go. 
Listen, I, I get it. You got to be political sometimes. And whenever I see, I would see Jay Farrow and and uh, uh, Keenan Keenan was it Keenan Thompson Keenan Thompson on on that on NBA inside the NBA on TNT, and you know Keenan would do Barkley and Jay would do Shaq, and I'm watching them watch them. And they're being political. Oh, that was good. No, nah, they wasn't. But, but they they, 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 they ain't killing it. Like, not man. like you. Dude, I, here's where Shaq gave me the love. He recently was on Drink Champs. Right. And they and, and my man... Uh, uh, Noriega. Noriega goes, <laughs> hey, man, of all the people that... He didn't even get it out. Shaq with Eric Spears. Eric Spears is me the best, man. Eric Spears, that's all. <laughs> why, why you got to crush that? Because it's a little... You know Shaq yeah, got, you got the, little, one, uh, the fat Joe lean back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, certain things that he says, you know... 28 turn. You get 28 turn. When you say turn, you get 28 turn. Bust barbecue chicken, man. <laughs> when you get that, that's what, like you know Tony. If, Tony, Tony, Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano. What if? What if? Uh, what if Tony Soprano? Do you want to do Tony? Well, let me give a little Tony first. Uh, right, let's know, give us a Tony. Everything with Tony is ish. When you talk about Janish, Uncle Joe. I, I do. Let, what if? What if? What if uh, Tony Soprano and Chris Tucker did a movie together? Oh, you going to Chris? Yeah, I do. Chris. All right. <clears throat> uh, okay. Tony, what we doing, man? Oh, we're gonna do whatever the fuck I shit we're gonna do. Oh, but don't get it wrong. You're a, I'm the fucking white guy. You're the fucking baboon. Hey, whoa, man! You can't say no shit like that, man. I've been saying shit like that. I'm fucking a die. <laughs> the fuck you expect? Man, I'm from Atlanta, man. Where the fuck is Atlanta? Man, you better watch your mouth, man. Sounds like some fucking a place in the fucking ocean. <laughs> Hey, pussy, where are we going to dump the body? Fucking Atlanta Ocean. I can't, I can't keep up with this motherfucker. All right, well, first of all, all right, let's, 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 let's try to wrap this up. First Let and me foremost, promote your shit for a second. Oh, okay, good. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> oh, stories God. of laughter, lessons, and triumph. Top billing, Bill Bellamy. The book is available where? Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere, man. Yeah. The on. Audible is crazy. All the stories, go, go, all the like. The Audible, is that is it your voice? It's my voice. Okay, how yeah. long does that take? It's going, it took me 10 hours. Really? Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> it's a great read. It's a great listen. You laugh. You go through my life. It's like a, it's like a, a soundtrack to my life. You know, I just want to say that I read this book while I was in the prison. <laughs> now that I'm out. I'm going to get with one of my favorite type of women, the Spanish women. We're going to read the book, and I'm going to make a special drink because he's Spanish. I'm going to make a penis colada. <laughs> hey, man, let everybody know where they can hear your podcast, boss. Uh, it's called Spears and Steinberg, available on all streaming platforms. Please, please, please also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to grow that. It's under Spearsburg Pod. S-P-E-A-R-S-B-E-R-G-P-O-D. Or you can hit me up on Instagram under Aerie Spears. Slide in my DMs. I'll send you the links. Chop it up with you. And, you know, go toe for toe. You want to try to get jokey. Let's get be, it. Be careful. You can call me out my throne. <laughs> I'm going to act crazy. You're going to act crazy. It's going to get real. Yeah. Everybody, Aerie Spears, top billing, baby. Yeah. Milk is chillin', Giz is chillin', 